Hello there. Welcome to the SPS pod. In this episode, we're doing a performance origins deep dive with another creator. This time with Toby Emmett's Holly. He's a German, but he lives in Scotland and he helps people take on bigger challenges in life and has a deep interest in extreme performance sports, which we'll talk about in this podcast. But less than me discussing it and Let's jump into the intro. You're listening to the Self Performance Strategies Podcast. My name is Steven and I am your host. The SPS pod is all about breaking down the complex world of performance and making it easier for you to build momentum in your life. Essentially, I'm here to help you do less dumb shit. The SPS pod is brought to you by the Pro Accelerator Program a program specifically designed to help business owners and solopreneurs get rid of mental fatigue, save at least 10 hours a week, and also build a lot of momentum towards the key pillars and the goals that matter most to them. That sounds like something you're interested in. Check out the show notes and follow the links for the Pro Accelerator. But now it's time to get into this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are in episode 56 of the Self-Performance Strategies podcast. In this episode, we are doing a performance origins deep dive with another creator, a father, husband, and CEO, Toby Amants Holly. Holly. Got it right. Nearly got it right. Let me tell you a little bit about Toby. I've known Toby for about a year and a half now, if not longer, on, on Twitter. Uh, he is a husband father of six which i'm like wow six how does he manage that we'll probably talk about that in this podcast he's a ceo of a non-profit in the care center in scotland but he's not scottish we'll probably you'll probably discover that very quickly with his accent Um, and he's also a hybrid athlete and i think this is one of the things that really interests me about toby and his content he really shines a light on some extreme performers people people who are putting themselves to the limits when it comes to high performance, uh, especially within the fitness sphere and not just the fitness sphere. So I'm very interested to have Toby on the podcast. He's got about 60,000 followers on Twitter. Very excited to have you here. Toby, that was a very long intro. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I'm really good. Thank you. We've had a we've had a lovely heat uh, spell here in, in Scotland. So yeah, and as you said, I'm, I'm not from here. I'm, I'm from Germany. So it's uh, more for some of that uh, I was used to as a kid here now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange seeing. Uh, I'm over in Vancouver, obviously, and come from Northern Ireland, so the weather in Scotland and Northern Ireland would be very similar. Uh, and to see how hot it has been over the last few years in the UK, I mean, I would have to go to France, or we would have to go to France or Spain to have that kind of weather. And now it it seems to be quite regular in the UK. So. Uh, that's kind of fun for the UK people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. You don't feel bad about not leaving the country in the summer now, so you still get a tan, so that's, that's good. good. That's good. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. Well, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. We're going to dive into it, and I'm going to find out what, to- what what's going on in Toby's world. Where, you know, how did Toby become who he is today? Uh, and that's exciting uh, because you, you've got a lot of really, really good areas I want to I wanna talk to you about. Uh, but first of all, just to frame the whole conversation... What is your personal self-performance philosophy or, or your personal success philosophy? Yeah, um, this is an absolutely fantastic question. And I think the what I've learned over the last few years is sometimes what we try and do is we, A, we try to find like 
what it is that we are supposed to do rather than think about creating it. Um, and I think that's that always often leaves people kind of wondering and lost. So for me, it's a it's about creating whatever it is that that you want to see. Um, and the first thing I think you need to create is a vision. You need to create the vision for yourself, not in terms of what you want to be, because that's what we're always told in school, you know, choose a subject to study this to become this and that's all about what but the thing is about who you know who do you want to be as a person and your profession is something that is you know might be in support of that but it isn't the primary thing so who does you want to be create that vision and know your why like why do you want to do that because whatever that vision is um i guess if you know hopefully it should scare you to a certain degree because it means there's some growth along the way um, and when you have growth kind of coming towards you there will also be obstacles and knowing your why and your purpose for that that's going to help you stay on the path and, and overcome those obstacles so that'll be my philosophy is is those two things crafting a vision and, and knowing your why you must be reading my content on twitter <laughs> <laughs> i've read one or two of your threads over the years for sure. <laughs> that's awesome yeah no, i 100 percent fully agree that that vision is is so important that why but I think the point that you really touched on there that I'm going to jump into a little bit is that you create your purpose. You, you don't find your purpose. And this is probably going to relate to your story and, and your performance origins. But I know in, 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 my, in my life, the thing that I'm doing today, I created it by following my interest. And it was through doing years of leadership that I discovered that I like coaching. And then it was through years of coaching while in leadership roles that I ended up deciding that I should try to be a consultant coach on my own. So I kind of created it, but I didn't start 10, 15 years ago with this idea that I was going to be a, a leader and a coach. It, it, it molded over time. So in your experience, jumping into, you know, if we go back 5, 10, 15 years in your life, how did you come to that philosophy? How did you come to that vision, that why, that, that, that idea that you had to create your purpose? Because it's a fantastic thread of thought to pull on. Yeah. So I think what happened is as a child, so maybe going back a bit more than 15 years, but in a way, I had a, I had a great childhood. Um, but I never, I was never really pushed, right? So my, okay. my parents wanted me to do well, and they would always support me. My, my dad is a, um, or was a teacher. And um, he would always help me with homework and really try and get me, you know, up to the kind of the standard that I wanted to achieve. But it was really about the standard that I think I wanted. And in a way, so lacking that push. So, you know, in, I guess in the US, you've got a lot of kids that do semi-professional sports, trying to go for a scholarship. I had none of that. So, yes, I went to the gym. Yes, I did loads of stuff. But that's that's the thing. I did loads of things and never excelled in one. So there was always something I felt was lacking. I was never really good at anything. I was just kind of a jack of all trades, uh, which is probably still true to a certain degree today. But what happened is after I left school, I um, went to Scotland and I did a kind of voluntary year in, in, in a care home, um, still the one that I'm now kind of attached to working in. And that was a, a real shock for me. So, you know, a, an only child coming from living in the middle of the city in a part in Germany where, you know, we've got 50 million people around us and coming to a country that has 5 million people, <laughs> uh, which was a cultural shock in terms of the, the country. But the, the major shock was really from this household of, of three, uh, me and my mom and my dad, um, to coming to live in a household of over 10 people and living and caring for adults with special needs. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just a real shock of suddenly just being thrown into the deep end and going like, okay, now you're an adult, now you need to just you know perform in a way. 
um, and I've suddenly felt pushed and pushed to a degree that I'd never felt before. Also getting really uncomfortable, um, you know, sharing spaces, having to just step up. Um, but that at the same time, something happened to me where I realized over the year, I found something that I really loved doing, which was A, pushing myself and B, helping and serving others. That was something that I just realized I had such an attachment to the people that I was working with and living with, um, which I didn't have before. I always thought, you know, like the, the people I went to school with, all high achievers, all from a fairly rich background. I wasn't from a rich background, but the other kids were. And I always thought I needed to measure up to whatever their standard was. So those kids would after school go, you know, six month internship at Hong Kong because their dad knew the CEO of a company there. <laughs> And that sort of stuff. And I just, you know, and I was trying to prove myself. And even in my mind, I was like, okay, I need to go to this university to do this course. So then when we meet again, I can then tell them all the stuff that I'd done. <laughs> and that was in such a stark contrast to what was actually inside me, which was that, like, I'm really content with what I'm doing. I'm helping people. They help me become a better version of myself. Um, but that's that took a, that took a few years. Um, but that, that was kind of probably the, the first major struggle about 15 years ago to realize that story that I thought I, I was t I needed to live up to, which was pleasing others, might not be the right path. That's great. I, I, that that idea of not pleasing others or following the the hedonic treadmill or, or the the keeping up with the Joneses, whatever way you want to frame it, some people live their whole life without realizing that 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 is not the way to live a life. That materialism or chasing or desiring what other people are doing is what you should be doing, and that you should walk your own path. So. I mean, that's fantastic that happened to it at, at, at such a um, a young age that you, you put yourself out there in, a, in that situation and then you landed in this foreign country in this busy house uh, helping people that you'd probably never really been around in your life before, probably never been experienced that. And then you, you're, you're stuck in this sort of like, I need to, to, to adapt. Uh, but then at the same time with the adaptation, you were getting fuel to your fire you're like, oh, this is actually pretty good. This is much better than than chasing what other people are doing. Uh, so with that going on, I want to sort of get into this sort of journey of, of like hybrid athlete, father of six, CEO. That's a lot. What does what, what, what that, that look like? I mean, if we, if we go back to, you know, this, this young man who's landed in Scotland, what was... What was that journey? What was that like going from being in a foreign country, doing this new thing you've never done before, helping people with, with, with special needs? Uh, is it disabilities and special needs? or Yeah, it... yeah, exactly. Learn dis disabilities. Learning yeah. disabilities, yeah. 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 Fantastic work. Uh, what was that journey? You know, what, you're still in Scotland. I mean, there. Were, I would I would almost argue there's more people leaving Scotland than there is people moving <laughs> to Scotland. Sorry, any That's Scottish right. people listening to this, but uh, <laughs> uh, coming from Northern Ireland, I think I can make those jokes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what, what, what was that journey, man? I'm, I'm really intrigued. Yeah. I think probably the, the most important thing that happened is um, on, I think it was the, the third person. So within 60 minutes of arrival, I've, I, met, I met a girl who's now my wife. So that was, <laughs> she, yeah, so it was, absolutely. Yeah. She, she was kind of doing the same. She, she was going to do the same kind of job as me as a kind of volunteer for a year. And, um, her parents were actually running the, the, the place I was, I was going to stay in. Um, so, you know, 
talking about throwing yourself in the deep end of the pool, I was kind of living with my in-laws <laughs> straight away. Um, but yeah, so we, I mean, we hit it off straight away and, and you know, it, it just took us a few weeks to kind of figure out that, you know, long conversations and, and realizing, yeah, you know, we really like each other. So that was number one. So I started kind of, yeah, living and working alongside uh, my wife from, you know, now, now wife from the beginning, uh, which also, I guess, shaved off a few years in terms of getting to know each other and figuring out, you know, can you live together or not? Mm-hmm. We had all of this kind of figured out very, very quickly because out of yeah. necessity. Um, so yeah, really kind of finding your soulmate. So that, that was number one. Um, yeah, the other thing is I, um, I did go to university. So I did do the year of, you know, doing the voluntary year, um, pull that, pull that through. Although, as I said, there were definitely some, some moments where I struggled, um, but kind of pushed through and then said, I said, I was going to go to university, but I, I never left the, I never left the work as such. Um, I was still kind of working and living in Edinburgh in, uh, where I'm now still in, in, in Scotland. Um, part of the home and I was going to university and I studied economics there, um, which again was actually something I never intended to do. But one of the nice things about the Scottish university system is you sign up for three courses in the beginning and you can then over the course of a year choose which one you want to be your major and drop the others or keep them or whatever. Um, I just chose economics as one of the ones that seemed semi-interesting. I was actually going to do environmental studies. Um, and then, yeah, just loved it and, and just kept going with it. Um, somehow ended up with a PhD in the, in the subject, which was another one of those. <laughs> just, 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 just ended up with a PhD. Just, yeah, it just happened. It yeah. just, it just happened. Oh, there was, um, I think I, I normally don't cry that much, but I remember crying over the PhD of just wanting to quit the PhD because it was just so miserable at times. So yeah, that was, okay, that well, was certainly. Well, let's, let, let's, let's tap into that. Cause I mean, it, it, it... I want to get into that pain because it's the performance yeah. origins. I want this yes, is a, I want to I want to find out how you you became the man you are today. But you know the the way you first told that story is like you fell out of a plane and hit every branch of the lucky tree on the way down. You know I yeah. I, I landed in a place, find my passion, find my wife, went to university, worked out well, got a PhD. That that that, that it sounds yeah. great, but the, you, then you said that you were you were going to quit your PhD. So what was I mean, it's amazing you've got a PhD. It's, that's a lot of work, and I know I know it's a lot of stress. A lot of stress. Uh, but what was that? When we pick into that, you 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 talk about you talk about elite performance a lot, uh, and I would suggest I've seen your videos. If you're working out, you go up on the mountains. You're you're hiking. You've got your five kids, kind of like I don't know where you put them in different backpacks and pockets. <laughs> you carry them up yeah. the mountain with you. Uh, but we go back to that PhD at that, that that moment of quitting. You know. Take your mind back to that. What 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 did you do, or or how did you work your way out of that 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 moment of like I want to quit my PhD? Yeah. So, I think the reason I did the PhD was that I so I, I finished my my bachelor, really enjoyed the subject, really loved the everything to do with it, and there was a chance to to do a master's, and I did I did well with my bachelor, and I was selected to 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 join the master's program. Uh, which was a fantastic program it was all the scottish universities coming together and providing one economics uh, master's course that was the hardest thing academically i'd ever had to do like i, I was honestly i was like top uh, bottom one percent of the people that should be on that course <laughs> everybody else was so much better and i had to work incredibly hard i had to get a tutor i had to take out a loan to pay for that and, and just like it was so so much work um you know, at the same time, we were having baby number two. So that was, you know, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on for sure. But yeah, I remember that 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 was one time where I first 
really realized that there's so much more um, about the potential in me than I first thought was possible. Because I spent kind of half a year from September to March just thinking there was, I, I couldn't do this. There was too much. It was too hard. I couldn't, you know, how would I ever kind of rise to the occasion? And then um, I think it was within the span of 15 days, we had about eight exams, which were the, were the last exams, the ones that counted the most. So even just that timetable just looked so scary. Yeah. But I remember kind of setting those goals in the calendar, knowing, okay, that's when the exam is, and then working back nearly two months in terms of, okay, what day do I prep what subject to get ready for that one exam? And getting into an incredible flow state for 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 weeks on end, I would you know I'd be really just going super hard early morning eight a.m. in the library, sometimes leaving eight p.m., coming home, you know, making sure I could um, help my wife with whatever was possible, and then sometimes just going straight back into the library the next morning, but just hitting this flow state straight away, and that was just it was a wow, like this is amazing, and I and I passed, which I really didn't think would happen, and. Um, so part of that uh, process of taking the masters was, you know, you're also looking at, okay, what, what is possible next? And there was a program with the Scottish government where they were offering PhD positions because I couldn't pay for one. Um, and you know, this seemed like a good opportunity to get, to get a um, position with the kind of Scottish government part funded. And I went to an interview and they were like, you know, yeah, we'd like to have you. And you know, these are the requirements we need. And I said, okay. And at the end they were like, you, you do realize this is a very kind of technical PhD. This is not about you know, if, if you know about economics, you could write a lot, but this was like very, very mm -hmm. heavy formula-based technical. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm really not a technical guy. Like, this is not my forte. This is yeah. not what I should be doing, but let's see if I can. Yeah. There was just that voice and like, you know, you've, you've done this, you've done this master thing and you didn't think you could. Let's just, let's just see, let's just test the waters yeah. and see if it's possible. And if I get it and I should, I should go for it. And so that, that was kind of the, that was, that's the way I approached it was like, okay, let's just do it. If I get in, I'll take it and I'll, and I'll get the PhD. Um, however, I would also preface that it was again, I think a, an externally motivated goal, which is something I talk about a lot, which isn't a good yeah. thing at all. Yeah. You shouldn't, no. you shouldn't be pushed or, you know, chasing goals that are, you know, it was a title. It was this title of like, can I do a PhD? Yeah. It was about proving something to myself, but also this this notion of like, oh, you know, I could get a I could get a letter that says doctor in front of it. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I never use the title. <laughs> it's kind of meaningless, yeah. but it, it was, so this goal being extrinsically motivated is that's where the pain came in because mm. I was just like, a PhD takes a long time. It took me three and a half years, nearly four actually, to get through the whole process. And sitting there day in, day out, doing something you don't like. In the meantime, you know, I had to travel through to Glasgow, which if you know Edinburgh and Glasgow, yep. uh, it's a bit of a rivalry going on, but Glasgow is just super gray. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just depressing driving into the rain, surrounded by these gray buildings, yeah, doing something I didn't enjoy Edinburgh, that much. Glasgow is kind of, is, yeah, sorry any Glaswegians or Ouija's listen <laughs> to this, but uh, you know, your, your, your city is kind of gray compared to Edinburgh. Edinburgh's fantastic with the castle on the hill and it, it, it's it's stunning but yeah yeah that's it so yeah it, the, the coming back to that moment of like standing i remember standing there was uh, my wife was i think at that point actually pregnant with baby number four because obviously that that kept progressing towards uh kind of third year in the phd and um I, yeah I, I was just i just had a nervous breakdown probably just I stood there crying just i don't want to go on anymore this is so dull i hate yeah. it so much i hate every moment that i have to just learn the formulas apply them run the program write about it it's just so so boring um 
And she said, look, whatever you want to do, you know, I'll support you. But is it really what you want to do? And I knew it wasn't what I want. I didn't want to quit. And that was a, a great conversation we were having because I was like, well, another thing that I now talk about a lot is being an example to your kids. And yeah. I didn't want to tell my kids, do you know what? I nearly got a PhD one day. You know, it was like, no, let's 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 just get, through, you know, push through, learn the lessons. And, you know, th that's what I wanted to do. I just didn't want to quit on something that had already committed so, so much time and effort into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a smart line of thought because there's some cost fallacy as we all know where, where you don't want to keep putting hours and money into something that that is going to drive you insane but when you're doing some type of certificate or degree or phd you can see a finish line uh i mean you know the finish line is only six months or a year away or 18 months away it, you know that, that that would i think that would probably eat at you the rest of mm -hmm. your life being what if i just stuck in for 18 months and just got that done you know what I mean? So it's it, yeah. it, it, it's a smart, I think it's a smart choice because you're right. I mean, I, 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 something that you said there by doing the technical stuff and I've worked in, in different jobs and I can't stand being a project manager or, or you know, with the other things that I did, the real Gantt chart for formulas, uh, spreadsheet work, that stuff just, I, I, I automatically start to seize up when people put that work in front of me, like spend, sitting for hours in front of like, uh, you know, software with Excel, 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 my life is a dirty word. Um, <laughs> and I went through that and, and that made me realize that I, I like doing what I like doing. And, but you have to, we go back to what you opened the podcast with is like, you have to walk a path to find out what you're interested in. And you wouldn't know whether you were technical or not, unless you put yourself in an environment where you had to push yourself within this PhD with these tech technical elements. So I, well, good for you for pushing through. I think that's, that's one time the sunk cost fallacy. You can kind of push that aside and be like, "No, let's get this done." So mm. I think I, was, I, I, I would say that was the right choice. Would you? Do you know? Uh, I look back at that and agree. Yes, because of the I think the lessons I've learned from it. So in mm. terms of was it a smart choice to to do the PhD in terms of my career and what I do now? Definitely not, because I'm not using it. Um, because w w with the studies, the bachelor being so broad, you you learn the subject really kind of the the, the main main parts, and that was yeah. really fun. Um, I was studying it during the 08 or 09 crisis. So it was just like, you know, you were opening the newspaper and you were just learning about this stuff. So it was just, yeah. it was a perfect time to kind of learn it. Masters being very technical, but again, also amazing people, amazing tutors. So it was really, really fun. And then this very, very narrow um, PhD focus, but for so much longer, um, you know. But again, I think that the other thing I felt though is, well, if I can do that, you know, then I can really do kind of anything yeah. I want because I could push through for so long to something I didn't like, something that I'm not, you know, I don't have a gift in it. I saw all these people that were giving talks during, you know, different PhD uh, open days and stuff. And I just was amazed by their level of detail and study and love for the subject mm -hmm. that I didn't share. And somehow I still, you know, realized for myself, well, yes, you might not enjoy it. Yes, it might suck. But do you know what? work hard and you get through it and yeah. that that is something that will you know serve you kind of for the rest of your life 100 percent. i think what what you're describing there is something that i i you know what i think about quite a lot or, or i talk about quite a lot not necessarily just on twitter but it, it just in life in general having that one big thing that you did in your life that shows you that you can do big things it might not have anything to do with what you're currently doing in your life, 
But the fact that you put yourself through an extended time period of focusing on suffering and you achieve suffering, you have that investment in, in the bank of you of like, I've done that before. I've done something that is painful, <laughs> but has mm-hmm. rewards. And I, I honestly believe, and I'll, I'll get your opinion on this, but I think a lot, a lot of the reasons why a lot of men, and we'll jump into sort of men feeling a bit lost, because it's something that we all, that I kind of do with business owners. I know you directly hit hit dads who are feeling a bit lost. I know some of our our compatriots on Twitter who who also run coaching businesses or, or, or help people. This this idea of, of a lot of men being lost in society these days. And I truly believe it's because there isn't, they don't look at or they haven't got that experience of I've done this for X amount of time and I got, I achieved this. And then they use that as energy or fuel to go on to the next thing. Would that be something you you, you agree with? Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. I think if we if we don't push ourselves to those new heights, and as you said, in a way, I guess it's like you, you need to prove to yourself that the stories that others might tell you or you t- you tell yourself are often not true. Because mm-hmm. they're often stemming or coming from a, a position of fear. So the fear being either yourself wondering, you know, what if I fail? Yeah. And with others, I think sometimes it's about, I can't see you doing that because I didn't try it myself. So and that is that is a, a very powerful squeeze on your kind of self-confidence. And you have to step out of that. And you have to really say, well, do you know what? I'm, I, I need to try and figure and, and as you said, kind of figure it out yourself, like with the technical stuff, like, can you do it? Or can, you know, yeah. you wouldn't know. The The only caveat to that, I would say, is the sooner you can realize and 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 learn to listen to your inner voice and what truly makes you happy and what sets your world on fire versus what you think should set your, uh, your world on fire, the better off you will be. Yes, 100%. 100%. That's why I, I, I mean, I'll go off on my own little tangent to talk about that. But <laughs> I, I, I totally believe I've left money on the table over the last couple of years when it comes to my Twitter journey, because I am so focused on I love coaching people. <laughs> uh, I don't do Twitter growth. I don't do I haven't jumped into other sort of like uh, communities or anything. I, I, I haven't really partnered up with any other people being like, oh, let's let's do this thing here or that. I, I'm like so narrow focused on I want to create my world because i know i get a lot of energy from talking to people i know i get a lot of energy from helping people i love what i do Uh, it's just making it scalable and more profitable that's that's the that's the that's the game that we're all playing so i I 100 agree with that it's a i I actually i think was the arnold schwarzenegger um uh documentary i don't know if you've watched it yet it's on netflix i was flicking through a little bit of it and going back to the conversation we're having about men feeling lost, but I think his brother died young in a car crash and was a bit of a drunk because of the the, the pressure of his family. And I think his dad was, you know, came back from World War Two Austrian, and, and there was a lot of at home problems. Let's not dive mm-hmm. too deep into that. We, we're not into having a, a deep history lesson. But then Arnie, you know, he found working out. Um. And I think the, I think I was actually having a conversation. I wasn't. I don't think I know. I was having a conversation with somebody else, and they went, "Well, why do you think that was? Why do you think that Arnie went on to be this this hero, uh, you know, in, in his life, basically?" And, and his brother went on to I think die in a car crash at age thirty. I might I might have that stat wrong, but and I basically said it's because 
Arnold Schwarzenegger quickly realized what progressive overload was. He quickly realized mm -hmm. what doing 10 sets was and then being able to do 12 sets a week later and then being able to do 14 sets after that. He found out that there is a progression, there are steps. Now, obviously, it's not linear. We all, we all know success is a, is a bit of a, a, a you know up and down chart. But he, I personally feel like why Arnold Schwarzenegger was able to pull himself out of that is because he saw a step-by-step you know, self-improvement plan through working out. And this is where I'm going to loop it back around to you and your interest in sort of elite athletes, like some of the people you've talked about, just insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're like David Goggins on, 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 on heroin. They're, they just seem, they seem to be like more extreme <laughs> than him. Uh, so where, where did that interest come um, from in, in, in your life, you know, you've done this PhD. Were you always fit and healthy? Were you always into this extreme sports? Were you always into hiking and exercising? Or did the PhD and the the putting yourself through this type of um, you know process of of, of facing uh, struggles did that lean into you working out more, or was the was the working out around before? Where did that where did that interest come from? Um, yeah, so working out has always been part of what I've done. Uh, my dad, being a PE teacher, he he nice. used to take me and you know used to play basketball every week with him and and kind of a group of colleagues and yeah, kind of go to the gym and he was a massive Arnold Schwarzenegger fan and all of that stuff. So <laughs> pumping iron was kind of, <laughs> that's awesome. Was something yeah, I grew up with. So that that was really cool. Um, so yeah, fitness is, had always been, as I said, was was always part of the journey, but never kind of elite athleticism it was just like kind of just working out and being fit I used to hate running um and i remember in i think it was 2013 i read an article about the crossfit games and rich froning so that was something that i was like oh, okay that's that's really interesting like these guys are really fit and you know that 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 piqued my interest um and i started doing crossfit at that time and um at the same time while i started that i stumbled across a company in california um called sealfit um now their their kind of angle being they used to try and train people for butts to get them kind of through seal training and then mm -hmm. they had more and more kind of um civilians join and, and do that program and um they had kind of a, a mental side to it a mental kind of coaching program and i joined that uh, which was very very beneficial for um the phd actually that was i would say apart from the support i got at home is that mental program really helped me see through the phd and and set the right goals and, and work awesome. my way into a kind of positive uh, mindset through that. Um, but one other thing they were offering was a 52 hour kind of crucible experience, which is similar to hell week. Yeah. And when I first saw that, I just thought this is so insane. But again, there was this inner curiosity of like, Ooh, could I? Yes. <laughs> you know? So um, I, if I remember correctly, I signed up in 2014, and what happened actually, it's I had this I had this trifecta um, of three things happening kind of around the same time, and followed by a big crash. And so it's also important of, of always goal setting, of having the next goal available for you. Yeah. Um, but in so in April 2016, I had signed. Uh, I, I was due to do this 52-hour crucible uh, in California. So we went on a summer uh, kind of on a family holiday. Um, we were due to have baby number four a couple of months later. And as soon as we came back from California, I was having my Viper for the PhD. So those three things came all at, you know, yeah. spring 2016, um, which again, looking back, it proved to me, especially that that year 2015 to 2016, how far you can push it. If yeah. you're really organized, if, you, if your vision is true, 
if your support is great and you know your why and it's not about just having a support system and pushing but being that that loop that you know i was giving my wife what she needed to be the mom that she is and she was giving me the things that i needed to you know pursue that those, those goals uh, which was absolutely fantastic so but coming back to the fitness element that was a major thing so that was as i said 52 hours no sleep uh, you know that surf torture hiking up a mountain at night hallucinating we did one one exercise one um one thing was called a push-up wave where we did a thousand push-ups in a row after being awake for nearly 40 hours it was just wow. it, was, it was absolutely incredible but the most important part was actually the people the, the people you went through the program they were just amazing because uh, it's been you know it's been 10 years and we are still in contact today so that was absolutely amazing so i think from yeah from from that uh period of time in 2016 of this this heavy heavy push um I then suddenly achieved all the goals I had set out to do, right? So I, I, I'd, I'd done the, got through the PhD. We had our baby number four, which was absolutely amazing and the most important thing at the time, of course, um, and gone through this crucible experience. So kind of proven to myself, you know, I can really physically also push myself to, to extremes. Um, but I didn't have anything else lined up after that. So I just, and it sounds really silly because you're like, well, you've done all these, you know, amazing family. And of course, family was and is amazing. But I think sometimes when you don't have, a, a, and I lost kind of the vision for myself because I had this extrinsically motivated goal of the PhD. I had this intrinsic motivation from this camp, but I'd kind of I'd done them both at the same time and not realized, oh, suddenly I don't know who, like what's that next version going to be yeah. because I, I'd achieved those goals. And that took me probably a good two years to kind of work yeah. through and and get through that slump. It's kind of uh, what I do in my job, what you're describing <laughs> there. Yeah. 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 yeah that, in, in my coaching, my job, it's my, it's my, it's yeah. my thing. hundred yeah. percent. It, it's so common. It happened to me in my life. Uh, I, I raced towards a certain wage at a certain job title in a, in a, in a, in a corporate and I got it. And then I just felt sad afterwards. Cause I was like, what's next. And it made me realize that I attached this sort of, not glamour, but I, I thought that it was going to solve all my problems. And when I got the job, it was like nothing really changed. It was just, I just got paid more, you know, and it, it didn't really change my life. It didn't make my life. I didn't make my life what I thought my life was going to be at, at that point. And um, that was a big lesson for me. And that happened uh, 2016, 17, maybe 18 for me, uh, 17, 18 for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was actually the start of my slow, uh, way out of the organization to start my job because then when i got to that 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 nice wage i was like hmm i don't know if i i don't know if this is this is where i want to be because i i i a uh, bit of background for my stories i i didn't really know about online business until probably 18 19 that i actually noticed that it was uh something that you could do it was doable mm -hmm. up until that point when i got out of my bad years of drinking and partying. I mean, you know, probably a little bit about my, my, my past. Uh, you've probably seen that on Twitter. I spent 10 years yeah. in my 20s partying and I woke up at 30 and I was like, what have I done? And the only thing I knew at that point, because I'd, I'd, I'd been a manager for seven or eight years since leaving university in, in crap retail jobs. Burton menswear, by the way. That's that was my big. If you, you'll you'll know nice. that the, U, the UK listeners yep. will know what Burton's menswear was, but I used to run a Burton, Burton menswear store for many years, uh, and work within the sort of the, the top man umbrella. Uh, North American listeners will have no idea what we're talking about nope. right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I moved to Canada during the two thousand eight two thousand nine crash. You know, because it was it, UK was not great. 
Let's, let's just mm-hmm. uh, let's just say that, especially the north of England and Scotland, because yeah, yeah, the, the, obviously the government doesn't send a lot of money up that direction. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I chased corporate leadership ladder. That's what I saw. It's the only thing I knew. My mind was just like, okay, well get to that level of manager, get to the next level of manager, get to being an area manager, get to director. You know, that's that's how you make money. You just keep climbing the ladder. And then when I finally got to that certain point in the ladder, I was like, this was dumb. I don't I don't even like what I'm doing. I, I, and that's when I started to, to think about things differently. Uh, so I, I, I totally get that. And, and the, mm-hmm. the hook it back into what I do now, a, a lot of business owners who I help, we're talking six, seven, even eight figure business owners who I've helped in the last two years. They're in the same spot. They, they got their business to a certain level. They grind it out for years. They got to this like, oh, I'm successful now. I've got my business. I've got the money coming in. I've got my team. I've got my employees or, or whatever it is that they set out. They're a amount of money a year. And then they just go into maintenance mode for two years and they feel sad and lost and, and underwhelmed mm-hmm. and, and like, well, what's going on now? And it's because we've lost the grind. We lost... We lost that, well, the next peak. We got to the top of the mountain and then we went into a valley and then we just sat in the valley being like, well, should I climb another mountain? You don't even know which mountain you want to climb. So Mm -hmm. you've got to pick that next peak and use that peak has to be higher as well to challenge you. So the question I'm going to ask here, that's your biggest struggle, I would guess then, was that Mm -hmm. 2016 posting all that amazing stuff. You've got four, maybe five kids popped out. You've got six now. You're in that two-year kind of barren desert period of, 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 of feeling a bit lost. That sounds like to me, that was your biggest struggle over the last five to 10 years. Yeah, for sure. What was that? How did you get yourself out of that? What, what, what was, what was that like? And, and, and how did you pull yourself out of it? Yeah. So I think, um, one, one moment that really stands out, which was, I, uh, I had signed up for, I think it was a year actually after that I, I ran the marathon in Sterling. Nice. And that went okay. That went okay. Wasn't great. And I promised myself, I thought like, you know what, next year I'm going to, I'm really, really going to crush it like this. You know, I've done it first one ever and I can do it again. Um, but I had just no drive. I had no drive. And I was just like, I was relying on kind of that past, you know, like I, I was, you know, thinking oh, I've done this 52 hour thing. Nothing else will kind of challenge me because we're kind of assuming, you know, it's the same with the PhD in a way where you go, you know, I've reached that peak now, therefore I, I'm on this level, which is so false. Yeah. You need to work on yourself every single day because if you Agreed. don't progress, you will regress. And I wasn't really aware of that. And I think circling back to what I said at the beginning, which was don't think about like what you want to be, but who you want to be. Yeah. And I had so much attached to myself, like what I wanted to be. I wanted to be somebody who had finished this this crucible experience and who had done the PhD and had, were, you know, had a great family. Um, that was was kind of what's rather than who like you know now it's very clear like I want to be the best father I can be I want to serve the people that I work with the best possible and I want to try and see how much I can excel myself to serve others more those are kind of like who it doesn't matter kind of how I do it Um, but yeah so anyway kind of going back to the to the kind of race so I signed up for the for the next year um, started off way too fast uh, running with people I shouldn't be running with because they were really good runners um, and I just really realized, hang on, like you really suck at this and you haven't trained. <laughs> I haven't trained enough. And, uh, you know, marathon being 26 miles at mile 18, um, because it was back at my own kind of university grounds, there was a little side road. Um, and, and I just thought, you know what, 
this this is stupid like you're not race you're not running the way you want to run you've really kind of i've re i was so disappointed in myself i just said like i'm gonna take myself out of this race now so i walked down the side road found this lonely bus like by a housing estate with the bus driver outside smoking a cigarette and somebody inside just like on their phone and i went inside with all my gear and the two were looking at me just like who, you know what's this who's this person why is it here and the bus wasn't about to leave for another 15 minutes and i was just sitting there and just realizing my god like you've really lost it like you that that is not a good position to be in and the reason i'm telling that is because that was in a way where how i was in in most areas it was like at work i was showing up it was okay but it wasn't there was yeah. no spark in it there was nothing where you go i'm excited about something new here or you know obviously family being primary and always put in for them but it was just all the other stuff were just lackluster training was lackluster job was lackluster that personal development was kind of finished with because i thought i'd done it so what was that to do and yeah so th that that journey on that bus that really stuck with me and i really made a promise to myself like that this is the low point like now you figure out a way through and you figure out a way out um and that was really kind of that moment where i actually went back to those courses that i'd taken that kind of got me through the PhD and to really create that new vision again of just saying, well, who am I going to be now? Mm. And that was kind of, so again, that, you know, in that valley, I, w I basically fell into a ditch, which was a bus <laughs> ride. And at, at that point, I promised myself, I'm going to climb out and I'm going to go higher. Love it. I love it. I really do. Yeah, those dark moments, the, the, those moments will will, will, will will shock you. I've got a, a, a litany of them. I've got a library full of, of, of moments where you, know, you have those pivots. You're like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And and the, the yeah, so it's really interesting to hear that because I think that bus journey must have been quite depressing for you, especially when the bus moved away and the doors closed and you realized, oh, I, I can't get off the bus and go back to the race. And then you're, you're mm -hmm. kind of your decisions locked. That must have been a, yeah. a, a lot of pressure, uh, you know, I, I, but I'm glad that you're listening to you that, that you're like, oh, well, this is I, 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 I've messed up here and then I've got to go back and, and move away from what you describe as ends goals, but get in the means goals, because I, I think that's yeah. where a lot of people get confused with goal setting. And, you know, it's it's people, they want certain products or they want this, they want that, they want that achievement. But what, what is it you actually want to feel like i i want to have a happy gratitude filled peaceful life so how, how do you shop each day to make that possible like what mm -hmm. what is what are the actions that you have to take so you feel gratitude that you feel peaceful that you don't feel regret that you that that you feel loved well how do you show up and i'm when i mean loved yourself love because if you're sitting on the sofa eating ice cream uh you know if you'd gone this is Let's go in the imagination land. If that bus journey mm -hmm. had turned you into an ice cream eating, Netflix watching, junk food eating loser who just decided that my life's over, like that, that's a that's a that's a dark path that you could have gone down. But you, at that point, because of the struggles you'd gone through, you you were like, well, no, this is a low point for me then to to push forward because you chose those you chose those means goals. You wanted to lean into who you wanted to become. Yeah, so I think that's, that's right. A, yeah. Uh, very interesting that you went through that that's a, a big a, a big struggle overcame so good good, good for that and it, it sort of leans into your your interest into into uh, uh extreme sports and, and i would be you know i'm just saying this i'd really be interested to see how you would write the thread about that about that bus journey 
Be... I could, yeah. I think I should. I should write about that about that journey. Yeah, That's the, right. the worst Cause... bus journey I ever had. You know, <laughs> <laughs> worst, worst and best. So worst in terms of like I, I was really trying to be quite metaphor metaphorical with it in terms of like I was I was leaving something, but I was I was getting off being somebody else because that bus journey was about twenty minutes and was really I, I realized what was going on and I was kind of. Because as I said before, with the with the PhD, where I didn't want to quit, and in a way, I knew I could have finished the marathon, but I wanted to force myself into a moment of real like pain of just saying, yeah. you know what, like let's just experience this because don't muddle through this anymore and actually face who you've become for the last two years. Because the the other element that happened during that time, um, so I finished university, I, I became operations manager for for the nonprofit that that I still am with. Um, great job like great but i know i didn't give it my like I, I didn't push myself to the best possible version of that of that manager which i which i could have become and at the same time what happened is i, w I was always thinking well you know we were talking about scotland earlier like maybe we should move maybe we should mm -hmm. go somewhere else do you know maybe we should go to australia had friends there maybe go to california had friends there and i talked to people about that a few times you know and they were like oh you know this is nice here and so there was like an inkling in terms of oh maybe the grass is greener somewhere else yeah. maybe i should go somewhere else but that is also part of the what you know yeah. what do i want to be i want to be a citizen of australia because it's like the uk but sunny <laughs> you know that sort of thing but actually so being very miserable also with the surroundings in terms of being miserable of like yeah what's gotten is gray and you know what am i doing here and you know all of those elements were it was quite a, it was a very, very negative space that I was in myself and that bus journey and, and what came out of it and um, loads of conversations with my wife, because we we're both kind of wondering, you know, what what's next in our lives in terms of, you know, should we maybe move or should we stay, should we, whatever should we do? And really realizing like, okay, hang on, even if we wanted to move, we need to first fix all the internal stuff. Yes, because wherever we go, we'll take that baggage it's, with us, where, you know, wherever you wherever you are, there you are that kind of Yeah, yeah. It would yeah. just go. So we said, okay, you know, if if we end up going somewhere, that's fine, but let's go, kind of without that without that baggage. Yeah. Let's just sort that stuff out first before we would move. We would physically move. Um, Brilliant. So that that was also happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had that experience. I I pretty much left the UK. Um, I didn't fix the internal stuff, but I knew I needed to get out of the the living for the weekend loop that I was in, and and. Mm -hmm. I know that I probably could have stayed in Northern Ireland, moved back home and, uh, and lived to my parents and stayed in Northern Ireland or, or, or started a life in Northern Ireland away from that. But I had an opportunity to go to Canada and that 7,000 extra miles of perspective made me realize that it was the inner game. Because when I landed in Vancouver, when I started getting into my normal life in, in, in Vancouver, the first six months of the year was like a holiday. But then when I was working towards getting the visa to allow me to stay, then there there was Steve. Oh, here I am again. It's there's there's all the insecurities, there's all the all the BS, there's the the life's not going great, so let's go out and party at the weekend because I'd find friends and, and I I nearly slipped back into it and then I was lucky enough, yeah, maybe I had a few weeks or a few months where I did kind of, but I, I pulled myself back out of it. Oh no 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 no. Uh, that's the internal bullshit that I moved away from you know, from, from the UK. And it's funny because you say that I think a lot of people do think the grass is greener on the other side, but it's, it's often you have to go and tend to your own garden, tend to your own lawn, tend to what's inside. And, and, and we're not, I'm not talking about fixing your past or anything. It, it's actually like, well, 
who am I? What's your vision? What's the why? What do you want to do in your life? And actually mm -hmm. get concrete with that because with, without that why, and I often talk about it as, as a magnet uh, and, the, and the vision. So if you have a why, you're being pushed by something because you're, you're going to be doing that why it's pushing me towards thing. If you have that vision, you're being pulled by something and then you're in the middle. You drop one of those. You don't have a why. You don't have a vision. You lose out in that magnetism. You're not getting pushed and pulled at the same time. It's mm -hmm. almost like you know you get two magnets and a coin. You can hold a coin in the air and it, and it spins or whatever, uh, and it's cool. But then if you take one of the magnets away, the coin just slaps down and doesn't go anywhere. It, it stops. It just it just the the magic is gone. It's just attached mm -hmm. to the magnet. So I always have that as an image that when you have that powerful why, you're being pushed, and when you have that vision that where you want to go, it's pulling you. And I can tell you a lot of the people who I speak to, who come to me who are struggling, it's one of the first things I pick up on so quickly. With a couple of questions I can pick up on, they have no why, they have no vision. Mm. Uh, and it's so obvious. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, I know, I know, I've read a lot of your threads and we, we, we're engaging with each other daily on Twitter. I can see that why and that purpose for you. So the question I want to ask you now, if I was to give you a realistic with magic wand, where does Toby want to be in the next six months year 18 months two years where where is this twitter journey where i know you're a, a, a ceo of a non-profit you've got six kids is your seventh on the way uh you know is that, is that not today not today <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, you've got a big family uh loving wife where's the future where, where where's your big vision where, where are you where are you heading to yeah uh, that's a, that's an awesome question absolutely awesome question so um i think Honestly, it will depend on how much I can overcome still my imposter syndrome because okay. we all have it. Do you know? I think we all, yeah. we all still have it. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is that I would always, I would probably started off being more on the kind of melancholic side, uh, especially as a kind of teenager. I kind of, kind of like really pushed through this. Um, and as you were alluding to, like, you know, the, the, a lot of the people kind of I, I study and write about, the, the reason I write about those people is. I'm so inspired by them that, A, I want to share that because I just think some of them are amazing, you know, like a Ross Edgley who swam around the UK, like literally, yeah. that's pretty sick. Yeah. Um, you know, I like I like that, but also it helps me learn better. Again, coming from university, you know, when you write about something that deepens learning, so it helps me, in, you know, integrate those, those lessons a bit more. So I like that, but the more I speak to some, you know, people or people, um, you know, I get to know, they're always asking certain questions and I go like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting because my, my reality, you know, being, you know, like, yes, you know, running a nonprofit and, and having the big family. And it seems from the outside, like a bit like, okay, how, how is that all done? Like, how, how do you <laughs> yes. guys do it? Do you know? Um, and for me, that's, that's kind of normality and it's part of being an amazing team an amazing wife kids being great you know all of that is obviously it's a, a very unique ecosystem in, in yeah. which that is possible um but equally i know it can inspire people like i know it can but i really struggle with the notion of like putting myself out there so much that it seems very egotistical or arrogant of like saying like oh look at me you know i can do all of these things which is nothing i want to do like i don't want to be seen in that light what i would really like to do though is if I can, if I can help people, maybe feeling a bit of or getting a bit of the inspiration that I get from people like like yourself when I read from you know you or you know we were talking about Tyler Todd earlier or yeah. save your sons, you know there, there are many great people out actually or even just on Twitter, which is why I started because I saw these amazing people wanted to be part of that that community. If I can find a way of 
sharing that authentically and inspiring some people to think, you know, it's you don't have to just go like, oh, I want to be a business owner and I can't be a family man. Or if I want to have a family, I can't excel in my job. Or if I want to have a large family, I need to be fat, <laughs> you know, like as a dad, like, you know, yeah. there, there are all these dichotomies that, you know, of course, it would be the easy path, but it's not for me, I don't think it's the right path. So I'm trying to push myself daily. And if for some reason, that storytelling helps somebody else to even just say, I'm going to get off the couch, or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, then that's worth it. And the truth being that I do get these DMs, whether that's on some on Instagram, but mainly on Twitter of people just saying, I read this, this really inspired me or thank you so much for X, Y, and Z. That and is, that is so uplifting. That's so great to think that, oh, my little share of like, you know, squats in the gym, some other dad will go like, oh, this dad did it. So I do today, you know, yeah. that's fantastic because that's how I live. I, I get inspired by so many people. So I, I would like to positively contribute to that. Uh, in terms of where I would be in six months, I wouldn't be anywhere different, like physically. I love my job. I love what I do. I love my family, love where we live. But if I could share that, like if I could reach more people to share a positive message of, you know, pushing yourself and self-growth and, and becoming a more balanced version of yourself, but a better version, that, that would be it. I think you're doing a great job. I've seen you grow over over the last uh, year or so on Twitter. So don't sell yourself short. You you, you provide a lot of value. You, you write good threads. Uh, you know you're, you're growing. You're catching me. Uh, uh, follower <laughs> wise, I, I've I've uh, my account's just frozen over the last year because I've I've gone very. I think I've niched down a little bit with my content. So. But I'll not get too much into that. But no, I, I I like your stuff, man. I think it's impressive. I like that. I like that 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 future vision. I think you've got a lot to offer. So just talking to you today, the experiences that you have, the uh, you know the, from the PhD to moving from Germany to Scotland to the, the work that you do as well with with, with the people with that with those disabilities. I mean that, that that's it's all inspiring. Six kids, like I I, I have I have a dog and I struggle. Do you know what I mean? I'm kidding. I don't struggle, but uh, I, have a, I have a lovely greyhound beside me. He's just looked up at me. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, man, I think you just need the to, to from being around you and hearing that you have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I, 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 I would, I would just banish that because I, I think you've got a lot to offer. Um, I, I really do, and I, I really do enjoy reading reading your content. And, and I was going to follow on to my next question. I was going to be like, where you want to go? And I was going to ask you, what do you think that's currently slowing you down? Or standing in your way from getting to your next level but you've kind of touched on it a little bit is there anything else yeah. that you feel like getting in your way um i think what was getting in the way is probably a lack of like good storytelling because storytelling is the mm. thing that that captures us yes. the most i'm 100 i'm there with you yeah we so, have a conversation uh, with kieran drew and his amazing ascent uh, and his amazing don't. storytelling <laughs> i know i know and he was on here no i mean i've, I've I, I was lucky enough to to connect with Kieran before he blew up the way he's blown up. So yeah. I, I had a couple of phone calls with him uh, without being charged five hundred dollars. So that's quite good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, Kieran is the absolute master in that, and and that that is really where like his stuff is so inspiring. So his journey is inspiring. Yeah. Um, but it's just yeah, you learn so much from from him. And as you said, it's the storytelling, it's the way he does it. Which is, I think, why I would probably, in terms of what where I'm going, is probably leaning in, into video maybe a bit more if I can. Mm -hmm. because i get i guess that shows a bit more in terms of like reality of like there you are and that's the surrounding so uh just to just to give a bit of that um the other thing is just just time you know because at the end of the day i'm like this is this is something i enjoy doing and i the reason i enjoy doing it is because i i started writing online to find 
like-minded people. So yeah. I think what happened is uh, 2021, we all know what, what was kind of going on in the world at that point. Um, and, and on top of that, just before COVID, uh, one of my best friends had moved actually to Australia. And he was somebody I was doing all these kind of physical challenges with and, and, and really kind of pushing each other. So I felt a bit of kind of um, intellectual isolation, I guess. Somebody like sparring partners. I was missing sparring yeah. partners to really do stuff with. And I knew they were out there. And I just thought, like, okay, how to connect with them. So that's why I started like, you know, a blog and a newsletter and attended some courses too, where I just met amazing people. Um, and then kind of grew this ecosystem, I guess, which we kind of all have to a degree where yeah. you you know, the people that are attracted to that find you and you find them. And then suddenly, so I enjoy going on every day because I'm inspired, you know, I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired by so many people that, that you and I interact with. They have amazing lives and amazing stories. So that's why I like doing it, but it's not, it's not my full-time job. So I, you know, I can't, I can't and don't want to spend like three hours content creating every day. So that's, <laughs> that's the only thing where I go, okay, that, that will, is a hesitate, like that, that's holding me back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it is a lot of work and I, I admire people who, who do it on the side. I, I started off doing it on the side and I spent well, 2020 again, the pandemic, I think I had 75 followers on Twitter and now I've got 70. So I, I don't know what X amount of improvement is that in three years. Uh, and I've gone from never earning a dollar online to making over six figures. Uh, and so that's been a, amazing for me. But yet, I don't think I would have been able to get there while I definitely left my corporate job too early. And maybe another person uh, has told me that, no, you left it at the right time. Uh, you know, recently, as uh, Tori, I had him on the podcast a few weeks back. Uh, and we, I think we had a similar conversation maybe it was on the podcast or off the podcast about that, but I, I I was able to create what I have now because I was able to put my full attention into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've always struggled with, in my life, so one of my struggles is I, I, I can't do like 20 things at once. I can't do three, three, five, six, seven things at once. I can't be at work and, you know, uh, uh, be doing this full time and then also maybe out playing sports full time and do, I just, I just, I, I need that downtime in between things. And I admire people who just seem to have every minute of their day just seems to be um, productive. I, I, I'm not, I, yes, I'm a performance guy and I am, I do get a lot of stuff done, but I, I, a lot of my performance comes down to the fact that I, well, I will go, I will sit on the sofa later today for half an hour and do nothing. I will sit and stare at a wall <laughs> or I'll go for a walk with no phone with the dog and I'll, I'll do nothing. And I, and would I call that productive? 100% I call that productive. Some of my most productive time is doing sweet FA. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I admire people. I look at you. I look at Tyler Todd. I look at even Seeger Sons. Big families doing these things. Lots of stuff going on. Very, very impressive. And almost I, I get inspired by you guys because I'm like, hold on a second. I have a dog and a wife. I should be, I should be knocking. I should be doing 10 times more. <laughs> Uh, I, I love all these guys got so much opportunity uh, but yeah it's, it's it's funny how we all inspire each other in different ways and we all look at each other in different ways and uh, and get energy um, from from that network and you're right it is going out and finding that net network of people like-minded people uh, and I would say I'm probably in a much better condition mentally emotionally and physically because of the content that I read because of the people who I'm around because I look at yourself and I look at Tyler and I look at other guys I'm not a fitness coach and I've never really been into fitness, but I look how fit you guys are. And I'm like, I need to up my game. And you know, it's just, it, it just, it just happens. So I, I know I play a lot of soccer, but soccer doesn't build, doesn't build muscles. Uh, you know, 
but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah so it's very inspiring uh, I'm, I'm glad you find the space and you, and you took that leap to uh yeah. to write online yeah i i think the what's probably missing though is when 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 everything is filled to such a brim is the ability to produce sometimes some the quality that you're seeking right and yes. being strategic about stuff so that would definitely be a struggle where I would I, I admire what you're doing of actually being so strategic about saying I need this ha that half hour it is productive I'm I value that time because I know what it will allow me to do later on whereas then you know for somebody I guess in my position it's 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 a lot of reactive work which sounds counterproductive counterintuitive to somebody saying oh I run a, a business because my job is meant to be strategic yeah. <laughs> and this to a large degree <laughs> but at the same time you know, nine times out of 10, when somebody comes and says, oh, do you have a minute? They're not telling you good news. <laughs> so you're yeah. always presented with like, I need to sort this out or find somebody to do this or so it's, and it's the same with the kids, you know? So I go yeah. from, from somebody demanding breakfast to, to the office where somebody demands an HR solution to coming <laughs> back down and to somebody telling me they've lost a sock. So it's just a constant, like, I need this from you. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, it, I guess you're, I'm, I'm probably conditioned to it in a way, but um, no, it's, I think it's it's really admirable to even just for you to have that self-awareness to say, this is what I need to be my best self, to be my productive self. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's why you crush it because you know exactly what you need. So it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I describe myself as a extrovert who acts like an introvert or an introvert who acts like an extrovert when around people. Like when I'm talking to you now, people, people on the podcast wouldn't believe that I'm an introvert that I, I get my energy from being alone, from disappearing. Mm -hmm. I, I disappear. Uh, and I've, I've always been like that in my whole life, like in front of people, put me in front of a team of people at work. I'm a leader. I lead people. I talk. I've talked I've talked in front of two, 300 people with a microphone in my hand for days on end at, at different events when I used to work in corporate. Very much that, that kind of person. But even after this podcast, I know that when I take the boy out here, my dog behind me for a walk, I will not be taking my phone with me. I will not have any podcast or, or uh, music in my ears because I know that after speaking to you for an hour, that I want to let that steep. I want to let that flow out of me. I want to let that sort of that energy to pass through me. And I don't want to distract myself with more noise because I just need that time to, to, relax, to, to relax. I don't know whether I'm, I've got some type of ADHD or or. or something else but i some some of my days if i don't give myself that that space i am like 10 screens open picking up phone closing twitter opening twitter closing twitter again but when i give myself that space that time away from technology get myself outdoors not necessarily working out hard just going for a walk i seem to be a lot more zen mm. um and it just that, that those little gaps uh they're called renewal zones well i call them renewal zones where i i purposely will do something for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes that uh, is counterintuitive to what most other people would do uh, and i'm not I'm a jedi knight at this i'm not a master at it um but if i anytime i'm out of a long meeting my my mind is the meeting's finishing this don't open another tab don't open another tab leave the house get away mm -hmm. from the computer close the computer get just get away from the screen for 10 minutes just go and stand if i even if i just go to the toilet drink a glass of water and stand on the balcony for five minutes i'm creating that 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 um that space that allows me to be less reactive because as you know from working you get out of one meeting and the next thing you, know, you get 10 emails and the next thing you know you don't give yourself the space and you start answering those emails so it's always a, a thing for me even when i worked in corporate still 
as soon as the meeting finishes, before I get stuck into anything else, five, give, give yourself five minutes. Just, 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 just get away from stuff. Just for five minutes, and and it, and it it's for me, it's changed my life. It stopped me mm. my, that that weird bump, 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 pinball. Yeah. In my yeah. Life. Sorry, I'm, I'm. It's like my podcast now. I'm not like here to be me. <laughs> I, I find it's 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 interesting. I find this in, incredibly valuable uh, due to the fact that I I was speaking to to my coach today, um, and we were kind of going through that, and we we're kind of just just analyzing some stuff, and he came to a very similar conclusion in terms of when I was describing my day, and he said like, yeah, but when is there space to do nothing? Mm. Like, where is the space to just go, just just don't do anything. Just sit. You know, where do you create silence in your life? Yeah. Which is exactly what you were saying. So it's it's, it's interesting how that um, how I've heard it now from two people in one day. So you're being told. Yeah. You're being told. Yeah, exactly. Right now, the universe is telling you something. The big guy yeah. upstairs, whatever you yeah. want to call him, he's he's uh, he's tapping you on the shoulder right now and saying that that you need to listen to that. That that's my that's rule. Right. That's my rule. If yeah. I, if I hear something very similar or I have very similar conversations two or three times in a row very very quickly i'm like i'm being told something yeah um, yeah no I, no I, I agree i agree well i mean one one thing i i really love and, and it, it is semi counterintuitive or counterproductive to what we're saying which is like silence and don't exercise but um going for a run in the hills here without headphones on it's like that's just bliss you know mm -hmm. all you hear is your, your feet on the ground that fresh air that we have here i mean yes it's a lot of times it's very cold and very windy but it is incredibly fresh, and the you know the way you come back home, you've just exhausted yourself. It's just yeah. I, th I think that, that going back to something we said earlier in terms of in terms of fitness, what I what I see is especially for dads, especially for working dads, fitness is the most important thing to yeah. get in control of your emotions, because we yes. have, you know, like we have you know em mentally we might be quite astute and whatever, and and we keep our emotions in check at work because we have to, and that's the way we've conditioned ourselves. But then when you come home, whether that's a wife or even a dog, you know, like who's just barking, you just go like, oh, come on. And you <laughs> shout at your dog or you send him outside and you just suddenly go, hang on, he was just happy to see me. Like, yeah. th this is not right, you know? Yeah. But So I find for that, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's working out in the morning. It just makes me just like calm down like that much more where I just go, okay, I've done something for me. I've exhausted myself. I'm emotionally that much more stable. Yeah, it's, it's afternoon for me. I need that. It's it's I, I'm like a, a greenhouse or whatever. I get I get the energy bills throughout the day when it comes to squirreliness. When I'm talking about that mm. squirrely energy, if I work out in the morning, I I then lose. I lose the ability to do deep work because I feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah. Um, but if I work out in the afternoon, I have all that built up energy, all that noise, all that you know, jumping on a podcast with you, talking to somebody on the phone, uh, you know, meeting somebody in the street, you know, answering. Uh, tweet lots of tweets. You're having a post go off wild on on LinkedIn and have people attacking you. You're like, oh, I know you know about that. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that quickly uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, for for the listeners. But well, I I work out probably between uh, either I go for a walk uh, between uh, two two three three thirty or uh, a couple of times a week I'll I'll uh, grab the kettlebells that are behind me there and I'll I'll, I'll pick them up. No, I'm not a I'm not a big guy. I'm I'm in okay shape, but I, I can I I love throwing kettlebells around. I don't go to the gym. I've got a couple of people telling me in my life that at my age now, my early 40s, I should be lifting heavier. And when I say kettlebells, they're like, "No, that's not heavy enough." So I I've, I've now had two or three people recently tell me that. So I have to go and follow that rule. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been told a couple of times now, so I'm like I have to go and and, and start doing that. 
and be out of the afternoon for me it's that before my wife gets back from her job because i work from home um i, I get that energy out because i if i don't get the energy out when i don't go for a walk a day or if i don't exercise i, I by five six o'clock at night i feel this like energy that's wrong mm. it's not it's not a good energy it's a uh, it's a bad energy. It's it's like I'm I'm this this. It's this, like having too much sugar before bed. Yeah, just, yeah, jittery. Yeah, jittery. Yeah, it's 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 the wrong type of energy. And and if you don't mm. funnel it in, or it's almost like uh, you have to release it, and you release it by doing exercise. And I think a lot. I think that's where a lot of guys get wrong with their emotions is, is that they don't know how to release the emotions. So they they may, maybe come home and have a couple of beers, and then that makes them feel calm for like the first half an hour or an hour. But then the alcohol kicks in, and then something happens, and then that that bad energy comes back. But you've also added a chemical to it, and boom, you're having an argument with your wife. Yeah, uh, and that's a sad state. So I think that's where that exercise really, really, really key keys in a a huge component of it. Um, yeah, so we both agree on that. But I'm an afternoon. You're you're a morning guy. I'm an afternoon yes. guy. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's to be honest it's the it's the only only time in the day where i i can take i can take that there's no you know as soon as the kids are up you're done that's it that's it and there's no way i will be able to work out at 8 p.m plus i would then you know push myself so much further into like bedtime but at, yeah at the end of the day just wiped you know a yeah. often i finish work at like closer to 9 9 30 so by that time there's you know no way no way yeah yeah, yeah. we, we got to yeah. find what works for us and i think that's when we're talking about creating our lives and, and our exactly. vision it's it's, it's uh, i don't want to go on a rant here but it will lead nicely into the 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 last last couple of questions that we have uh but i don't love i mean you might notice this i don't post a lot of content around this is your best daily routine mm. i don't post content right like that because i i know inside that it's bullshit because every single one of us is different all, yeah. you, you have six kids. I have a greyhound. Our days are going to look dramatically different. If I tried to get up and do what you did, it's not going to fit how my life is. And if you tried doing what I did, your kids would be mad at you. Do you know? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I, I mean, yeah. I see that that content online. You know, like Jeff Bezos' morning routine, Elon Musk's morning routine, or or like the this is the this is the elite morning three-hour process. I'm just get the fuck out of here. Excuse my language. Yeah. You can swear in here. It's my podcast. But I'm like, that, 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 that's unreal. And some of the dudes, I know I haven't got any kids, but some of the younger dudes that talk about performance and productivity, and like, why well, get up at this time? And then they do this and then do that. And then do this. You've got no kids. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it, it yeah. makes the and you, it, you can see that the, 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 the people that then sometimes start chiming in, they go like, you know, this is, this is BS. I mean, what, what I like is when people share, like, this is what I do and this is what works for me. Yeah, like I find that I find inspiring, like even like, you know, what we were just doing just now, you were telling me like your routines and the way it works for you. And I'm not thinking I'm like, oh, you know, like, as we said, like a, the rule of having heard it twice, like, you know, you're making this, these, what, what did you saw renewal zones, renewal um, zones, I call them renewal zones. I really like that. I think that's great to actually say, that, okay, hang on, this meeting is finished, put in a buffer of 10 minutes. I've, I've got the hills, I can see them right here, you know. Just just stroll into the hills for five minutes and come back come back again. That ten yeah. minute of the like, decompression seems to be like a really good thing. So that I can take away with, and I can I can try and build that into my life. The rest of your routine I can't, but you know that's why I I like the I like hearing what other people do and why they do it, and I can then do with it what I like rather than being told like, 
well, you know, if you don't have 27 raw eggs in the morning and followed by a, a, a nice bath, like, you know, uh, your testosterone levels are going to plummet and you go, oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're not sun, sun, sunning your balls and eating 20 eggs, you know, or, or like drinking, if you're not showering yeah. black coffee. Vitally uh, important for any dad, do you know? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it is hilarious. It is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it gets the likes, it gets the likes, that type of content. But I, yeah, I, I get true. it. We're, we're all at different places. And, and I know that you had a, I just want to touch on this because I don't know it. It, I, it mean, it. I as soon as I read that thread, I went, "He's going to get dragged for this," uh, <laughs> and you did. And uh, but it's so funny. And I said, if one line, one line would have saved you the the, the stress. So, uh, Toby, you were Twitter and LinkedIn famous for about twenty four hours, yeah. Because you had a post, famous. you had a post, and I know it was quite fresh on when you were uh, starting out. You actually closed your account briefly, didn't you? Yeah, you, for two weeks. For two weeks, yeah. yeah. And I was sad to see you go because I was enjoying your content. Uh, I think I mentioned to you well in a, in a Telegram chat. Don't, don't, don't yeah. walk away. It will blow up. It will blow over. Yeah. Um, but you wrote a post about your daily routine. This kind of links into what we're talking about. That's right. Uh, and you talk about having six kids and being a, a CEO. And the thread was great. It was awesome. But you, you, you forgot. Did, can I say you forgot to mention your wife or 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 <laughs> it it. it I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, to be honest, for anybody who, who just saw the, who saw the headline, the headline tweet, yes, yeah. it looked atrocious. Yeah. I ended, <laughs> I ended the thread, I ended the thread kind of saying like, um, you know, my wife has given me the biggest gift of yes. my life with the six kids. And the best thing I can do is like organize my time to, to, to serve her best. Yeah. So I I ended with that, but nobody nobody read to nobody the end. Nobody read that. Nobody read yeah, to the end. Yeah, it was it was it was yeah. For people who don't know, and I'll explain quickly a bit more depth. You had a people came after you saying, "What about your wife? This is terrible. You're oh, you're chauvinistic." They they the 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 amount of hate that came your way from that thread was unrealistic. I was I was blown away by it, especially on LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn as well, and I saw you popping yeah. up on LinkedIn. I was just like, "What is what? This is this is uncalled for. This is over the top. It was a pile on." Uh, and the thing that frustrated me was a lot of the people who were piling on you are the same people that, and I don't know what I get too deep into this, but the same people that that are out trying to create safe spaces for people. Uh, and yeah. I also I find it very confusing. Why are you piling on this guy and, and almost cyberbullying, or there was bullying this person because of like a, a little bit of a, a, a miswritten thread? It was just it was intense, and, and, and how did that? I mean, you might you, you obviously had that hit you pretty hard, and it made you feel it was a, you know. It was, it yeah, was it's actually bang on uh, a year ago today. Is it? So I think wow. was, I think it was it was the twenty first of June, but it was a Tuesday. So crazy. That's yeah. Weird that 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 we're having that. That's a year later. That's crazy, man. But, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yes, that was that was by far the most traumatic thing I've ever had to go through. Um, I, you know, the, the, the threat kind of popped off and went, went okay. Um, and the, the truth is I had, I had written, um, a very similar version of that thread a few months earlier and it, yep. and it did well. Yep. And somebody said like, oh, you know, your wife, because it wasn't in the headline. I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. I definitely take care of that this time, which is why I ended with that thing saying like to honor her. And I also put my calendar in. So I was like, I was trying to be like super transparent. So I put like a week's worth of my calendar in to show like all the times that I do spend, you know, making food my, for my kids, picking them up from school, yeah, spending yeah. time. So I tried to just go like, okay, well, there was value in this. So, yeah. you know, let's just show people. 
obviously it went horribly wrong and i mean yeah to to the degree where a i got tons i mean a you know the the, the kind of post telling me that was a piece of shit they they got like a hundred thousand likes you know easy yeah. um i got a i got a boatload of dms of telling me what a what a horrible person i was that i was had people go after me saying like oh you know you must be cheating on your wife um your kids will hate you forever um you should kill yourself it wow. went like it went it went incredibly dark so where it was dark. just like i spent three nights not sleeping and the reason i couldn't sleep is because my heart was racing so fast the whole night through that i just couldn't i couldn't bear it and i couldn't bear telling my wife because I, will, I remember I was standing in the kitchen. I think it was on the Thursday because it took like a day to go really bad. Yeah. I was standing in the kitchen on the Thursday morning and I was I was literally shaking. I hadn't slept for two nights and I was just, I was so afraid of having blown everything of like, you know, what would happen to my family? What would happen to my job? What Like all of these things were just going through my head where I just thought like I have this amazing life and I tried to do just something positive. It wasn't, out yeah. for any anything negative i wasn't saying something overtly negative about somebody but i obviously positioned myself in a very vulnerable and very bad light and going back to earlier this is not a person that i want to be portrayed as because i really deeply believe i'm yeah. not that type of person that i was kind of made out to be um so that just left me in a horrible state where i as i said, didn't talk to my wife about it for three days but she obviously noticed straight away because yeah. i was i was Different. like a shy little boy i was yeah. i was saying yes to everything i was completely I went to school dropping the kids off thinking everybody had seen it and everybody would comment and, and like whisper behind my back about this. Yeah. And yeah, it was actually when I, I wasn't even actively on Twitter, but uh, on, on LinkedIn, but somebody had sent me an, a really long email and I was like, who is this person? Because she, it said, it said female mob on LinkedIn. It's like, okay, well, you know, what's this about? And I read it and it was somebody saying, you know, I'm so sorry this is going on, you know, and it, it was a woman who was writing and saying, like, I think this is completely uncalled for. I'm trying, you know, like, and I was just like, what, what, what do you mean with LinkedIn? Why is it, you know, and then I like, she linked yeah. and then I, I, I searched for it, obviously t- took LinkedIn down straight away because that's linked to all your stuff that you're, you know, kind of professionally doing. Um, but yeah, and then just had to delete the account and just thought, okay, that, that was it. Like I had fun. I had I built a great group of people, but it was it was a, it was just a horrible horrible yeah. moment of like probably some suffering some sort of trauma definitely from that. Well, you know, you did um, you 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 hundred percent did. It was that that what you're describing is is exactly that. You you were put in a a terrible position because you were you were literally famous. You were infamous uh, uh, for a couple of days, uh, and it was absolutely especially on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I, I Twitter is bad. But there's a there's there's a there's a weirdness to LinkedIn uh, that I like. Tw- Twitter's like Twitter; they call it out to your face. LinkedIn, it's like they twist it and and they manipulate it, and, and, and they they you know people will just call you a c word on on Twitter or or a mm-hmm. dickhead or whatever you know. But there was this weird twisting of it, like it became like almost like a Me Too movement. Look at this sort of like angle to it. And I'm reading these things because I can see it on Twitter. These big, all these big uh, creators on Twitter. It's just my timelines full of your face on on Twitter on, on LinkedIn, <laughs> and, you're, and I'm like, holy shit! No wonder Toby's cancelled his account on Twitter. Um, uh, yeah, see, was, I wasn't yeah. even aware of any of that because I tried to stay away from it. It was only friends. I mean, that, that the, the one positive thing I would say, the amount of 
care and 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 support messages that came away was really was was incredible yeah. at the same time especially from the people that i'd known like you know somebody like like kieran and, and all those people and the people we know ty and whatever yeah all reaching out saying you know this will blow over and and we know you and you're not this person and yeah you know people reaching out just sending me their cell phone number just saying like just call me like if you need yeah. me and i thought oh, this is really nice and, and only afterwards did a friend of me actually say yeah yeah you know they they, they they wrote blog posts about you. I mean, the things it just because it went also so far where people then went down the timeline and then were commenting on stuff. So it was just a few days before it was like Father's Day, right? So I was trying to like show more of myself. So I had a picture that my wife took of me and the kids, you know, we went for a Father's Day walk together. And I was just like, I don't know, like Happy Father's Day, something positive. Mm. Um, and then people were like, Oh, look at this, you know, like he makes his wife do the work. She's like, she's not mentioned in the in the picture. He's he's just posting and he's just using his kids and stuff. <laughs> and we're like, this was just a Father's Day post, you know, or like, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it went into all sorts of things. We had to then start deleting stuff, and it wasn't fun. No, no, I, I'm sorry I went through that, but yeah, it it it. Um... Yeah, man, I was uh, watching it from the sidelines. I mean, I know we, I know I, in the group chat that we were in at the time, I, I did tell you to, you know, don't close your account; it will blow over. And uh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you didn't. So a year later, you're, you know, you're, you're here and you're, you're doing well, and and uh, and it blew over. No one can remember it except for me bringing it up on a podcast. That, <laughs> that uh, no, I guess I mean the, the reason I think the reason I went back is to to say I think. I mean, the way I position myself, uh, justifiable uh, anger came towards me, you know. So I'm not, I'm not denying that. But at the same time, I felt like it was, it was, I was made out to be such a horrible person that I thought, I, I yeah. know I'm not, I know I'm not. So I didn't want the bullies as such to to kind of win. And I just thought, like, maybe there's a way of actually telling the full full story because, mm -hmm. as I said, and I think this will feed into big time into what I was saying earlier in terms of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like I was burned. So I know yeah. what that felt like and I don't want to feel that way again. At the same time, I think I'm trying to send a positive message. I'm not trying to position myself as somebody that I'm not. It takes hard work. It takes amazing people around you. You know, but but try and inspire people to whatever degree I can. If that's yeah. possible, that's that's a bonus. And that's what I tried to to get back to, and, and luckily it's been okay. Good, good. No, it's awesome. It, it was it was a it was a random, a random thing that happened. You just you don't know how these things happen, uh, and and I think it's a mistake I've made. It's as we're learning storytelling and we're, as we're learning hooks and marketing, we like come across these the, these templates or these the these structures, and we're like, oh, I can use this structure to help this thread get more likes on it, but then. People then look at it and be like, "Oh my God!" This, that, and the other. I, I, I had a term once, a tweet once. Go, go, go crazy a little bit. Well, I got attacked because um, I, I said something like, "The the only reason why you're, you know, like like a certain way is because of low emotional control or something." And it was it was a it was a it was a stoic idea you know, from CBD mm -hmm. therapy. It was basically your 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 you're emotional you don't have emotional control because you 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 whatever i can't remember the exact wording of the tweet but i rather than being one of the reasons or this is possibly why you feel tired i came in very very straight this is why you are like i came in very sort of like i 100 percent believe uh, and it got a little bit of traction i had it be retweeted by my friends uh but then the uh the the nor the the, the, the normies <laughs> or normal twitter came in uh, and i had like people attacking me saying i was a piece of shit saying that like oh i covid and this is why i'm tired and I, i've got three kids 
and I, and I, I still I started to have a conversation back with him at the time. I know it's 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 a, it's a stoic idea of, of you only control what you control your thoughts, your actions, and words. It's it's just it's a that's why you're tired is because you give yourself energy out to the external rather than the internal. And people kept, oh, look at this guy, blah, 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 blah. I said, you know, where did you learn this? And I went, well, I went through a CBD course. I've got a, you know, I've done some CBD stuff. Uh, and some guy was like, oh, you are you are you a therapist? I'm like, no, I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach, but I've done some. And they were like, oh, so you're just a hack. And I was just like, oh, everything I said was just like being twisted and thrown back at me. Um, and I was just like, damn, that was just a fucking tweet. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like I'm attacking you. I'm calling you you know, a word or I'm attacking anybody in particular. It was just basically a thought saying the reason why you're tired is because you lack emotional control. But like with other yeah. words in it, I, I just, and I still stand by it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. I just deleted it, blocked a bunch of people, moved on. But it, yeah. like Twitter, Twitter's weird like that. It's like the internet is weird. You don't know, you don't know how you're going to piss people off. You just, it just, it, it's some, somebody <laughs> frames it in a certain way and then lots of people jump in on it. Um, so that's yeah. just the way it goes. So anyway, we've been talking for about an hour and a half. It's been a great conversation. And the last sort of 30 minutes, we've just wandered off into like a general conversation, <laughs> which has been great. I almost forgot that we're on a podcast, uh, which is lovely. So I've got two questions to, to wrap up. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, so I don't want to keep you uh, all, all day. So the, the first question that I want to ask you is, what is a contrarian view that you have on sort of self-performance or personal development where you push back against the norm? Uh, I'll give you an example. Mine is mm -hmm. I, I, I despise optimization. I, I think optimization is for Usain Bolt trying to shave a second off his, off his uh, uh, 100 meters. I think optimization is for an organization that's already doing 100 million or a couple of million. They're, they're trying to optimize to really improve. But yet I feel like a lot of people in, 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 in the personal development state, space start with optimization. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to optimize my days. I'm going to optimize my, my, my you know how I show up well first of all you have to build your foundations so I I, I push back against the, the 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 general idea about optimization it's something that I've talked about before in my podcast which you might have heard yeah. um but where, where do you push back against the norm like I push back against a lot of things but that's my main one that that, that I think is obvious uh that I push yeah. back on uh, I, the I would say what what I've seen with the, with a lot of people um is the chase for the perfect app to solve all your mm. kind of to-do issues and, and, and all of that stuff yes. when actually all you probably need at the beginning is just a piece of paper and, uh, and a system system to work with that because I think a lot of people, it, it probably is pretty much in support of what you were saying with the optimization bit where people would spend hundreds of dollars on courses, hundreds of dollars on apps and, and, and countless hours and weeks trying to streamline an app to make it work for them in, in a way in a weird way and actually what i found is like i've got a few apps that i now use for different uses and they because they work for me and it wouldn't work for anybody else like that and that's cool like it doesn't yeah. need to do you know and so i i wasted a lot of time trying to build semi build a perfect notion template that would do everything it's like no it, it doesn't and it's okay and i have a system that works for me um but i think a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to find the perfect solution yeah i a big i a big believer in that as well i'm i'm a, I'm a pen paper journal guy um, i have two journals one for emotional work and, and ideas the other one for tracking my business uh, i look at them almost daily but I, I i do have notion and i use notion for my content but notions for my content creation it's like it's my ideas for my my, my creation of my business and maybe some client mm -hmm. work and you know, programs and courses in there 
I don't have a, a Zapier system that attaches my best tweets into a Notion doc that makes everything, you know, I, I, I know. I, and I, you feel and you feel you have to because that's again, yeah. it goes to the gurus telling you that, you know, you need the inter integrations and then you're like, a, you know, whatever, like a dad at the end of the day, 9pm thinking, oh, do you know this? I won't name the creator, but I think we probably know you know, has, has just told me the six step method of like using Zapier to, to run a solopreneur <laughs> business and I'm going like, should I do this too? Because he's really successful. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I think you got to find your own groove. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the big thing. And I think a lot of people, yeah, they do it, it waste time. I, I call it professional procrastination where, where you're doing something that you think is going to save you time. But if you just did the fucking work, excuse, excuse me again for swearing, but if you just did the work, you would have got the work done. Uh, and That's I know right. at a certain point you will need optimization. At a certain point you will need things. I mean, I have Trello for my clients. I have Notion for my content creation. I, you know, I, we all use email. Like we have Telegram, Discord. We have all these apps and all these things already. Uh, and I just, I don't really think there's a perfect system, but I do think the best system for me, and I think one of the best systems ever invented, is a pen and a bit of paper. That's right. Yeah, agree. Works out like that. Okay, awesome. Last question. We'll wrap up. If you could get everybody in the world to wear a t-shirt for one day, a printed t-shirt for one day, what would that t-shirt say? Mm, I like this. Um, probably don't shy away from hard work. Yes, I like it. What do you think mine would say? Um, take time to recharge. Yeah, maybe. Do less <laughs> dumb shit. But... <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But take time to recharge yeah. is doing less dumb, yeah. dumb shit. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. what was it again? Uh, what, was, what was your t-shirt? I think it would be don't like don't shy away from hard work. Don't shy away from hard work. That's that's yeah. brilliant. I think yeah. that, that that sort of brings this whole podcast conversation to to a close because we started off with the hard work that you've done, uh, get all the way through to getting your PhD, to having your six kids, to CEO, to content creation. It it really does link back to your self-performance you know philosophy so uh fantastic toby it's been great to have you on the podcast before you go uh two questions no first thing tell everybody on the podcast where they can find you and where, where they can hear more about you and then also did i not ask you something that i should have asked you uh no i mean this was a fantastic conversation really enjoyed it as you said i, I wasn't aware we were doing a podcast it was just two people hanging out having having a a, a good kind of intellectual sparring session really um my my um i'm on twitter on instagram uh, predominantly and it's toby underscore emmons which is e-m-o-n-t-s and my website is forgingbalance.com forgingbalance.com i will put it. both of those in the show notes below if you don't already follow toby i 100 percent recommend that you do uh, fantastic follow lots of good stuff in there toby it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast thank you very much for coming on and I'll speak to you on the timeline pretty soon. Thank you. That was the 56th episode of the SPS podcast. Obviously, I will put all of Toby's details in the show notes below. So please go and check him out. Go and give him a follow. He's well worth it. Also, if you want to slide on over to stephentimony.com, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N. T-I-M-O-N-E-Y.com. You can check out all my newsletters there. You can check out my Pro Accelerator program, one-on-one -on -one coaching program for solopreneurs and business owners. And also you can check out every other episode of the SPS podcast. We love the fact that you're listening to this. I love the fact that you've listened all the way to this part of the podcast. I deeply appreciate you and we'll speak to you in the next one. Make it a good one.